honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Urban Misfit Show. I'm super, super excited about today's guest. We have Mark Matry, futurist, um, podcaster, incredible, incredible dude. And he was there in the beginning of my career. I was a guest on his show. And since then, he was just absolutely taken off and interviewed people like Seth Godin, JT McCormick, and just awesome guests. And I'm super, super excited to dive into his story, how he got started, and the future Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Urban Misfit Show. I'm super, super excited about today's guest because I met him late 2017 and just crazy, like just making moves and transform my life since I met him. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Dude, this is like a dream coming true, like two, a year and a half in the making. So thank you, man. Dude, you're absolutely crushing it right now. So I've been... Dude, just like crazy, like researching your podcast. I was listening to like five episodes, uh, five episodes in like yesterday. You always ask your guests the same question. And I want to start off like that. So how do you spend your time on planet Earth? Dude, ever since I started doing that, like when I've talked at panels and when I'm on other podcasts, like people begin that. And I, and I love that, right? Because I think it's like the ultimate tale. Because I think it's like you know, people, people can talk and people can say their opinions, but like ultimately at the end of the game, you know, talk is, is cheap. So I think it comes down to like, you know, like literally what are you doing with your 24 hours and every single day? Cause I think that's what, that's one of the things that moves the, the, the marker forward. So honestly, like I, I spend my time here on planet earth and like I'm just trying to learn and I'm just trying to understand different things. Like when I look back at my life, I, I kind of felt like I was this like fish just like floating in the ocean. And I was subject to like the waves that were crashing by any other big fish. I would just be brushed away. And like what I started to realize is that conscious awareness and, and understanding and continuously being on a journey of learning and understanding from people that have different perspectives of you. That's like the main, the main thing for me, because like anytime I have an issue, any kind of obstacle in my life where like my responses to that in the past may not have been great. Now it's just like, okay, who can I, who can I learn from about this? Like, where can I go? Um, you know, what can I watch in order to learn that? And what that does is it just like makes you like this beast, like, that just continuously creates processes and like nothing can slow you down at all. And kind of like similarly on that note, um, you know, I realized that I was a fish in my past because I was putting my self-esteem and my value on things that were outside of myself, like um, how much money I had, uh, what other people thought of me. And like really everything began to change when I heard this advice from this other guy named Tom Bilyeu, he's the host of Impact Theory, very well known. And he said that, you know, you've got to place your self-esteem on somebody that is able to learn and able to prove themselves wrong. So like once I started to understand that, I just became like a, 
like a whale, like a fish that just swallows up everything. And, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but ultimately that's how I spend my time here on planet earth. Dude, that's an incredible answer, man. I would say it's the best answer I've heard of that question, but you know, um, I, I want to know, like, cause you, again, you mentioned your past and like just me knowing you and following your content and everything, like you describe yourself as shy and, mm. and anxious back then. And looking at you now, like that's not that person at all. And like, that's something that's very similar to me as well. Like I, I didn't talk to anyone, right. I didn't really have any friends that I was always, I always had social anxiety and people always ask me like, what happened? So for you, like, I want to know like what specifically had to change and what was going through your, going through your mind when those changes were happening for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that like, I never actually knew that I was, um, socially anxious. And in fact, like I didn't even know what the words anxiety, mental health were like, they just weren't of my thing. And like, whenever I heard them, my mind would automatically go to like, Oh, that's somebody that's, you know, like sits in a dark room all day and doesn't talk to anybody. And like, while I wasn't at that stage yet, that was just kind of like a, um, an excuse for my mind to like not put me and label me as that. But like really I'll say is that um, like my, my parents immigrated from Egypt to the United States a year before I was born. And um, they came here, they, my parents didn't know, they didn't know English. They barely had any money with them. So, you know, we kind of hustled immigrant style of um, like, you know, my dad would just work whatever job he could. And like, we would rank up to like better apartments and better and better and better. And, you know, like for me, like when I look back at it, something that really st stood out to me as sort of... um like halting is when I was in like third grade, um, you know, we, uh, we moved around a lot cause my dad always had different jobs. So like in a combination of me always moving around all the time, like I kind of always felt like I was, um, isolated and like to make that a little bit worse is, you know, my parents, we ended up, settling down in a town in Western Massachusetts, like in the rural area outside of Boston. And like in that town, you know, it was, it was a great town, great people and everything. But, um, you know, there were not like, it was literally me and some other black kid. And like literally everyone else in my school was white and like, I'm not a racist or, or anything like that, but like a combination of that, like already not having that high of a self-esteem. And I also had some, uh, health issues where like, um, I almost died when I was like six months old. I have like different, uh, autoimmune and different microbiome things that manifested their way into becoming like different, uh, diseases that I just thought like, like I just had these, uh, these illnesses. And like, for example, like, um, I went to my doctor, I was being treated for like, um, like these stomach disorders, asthma, couldn't sleep. Um, so like you just combine all of that stuff and like, you just have a kid that, you know, is forced to wake up every day, like all their kids at like 6am and go to some place that they don't even want to do. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's in Massachusetts, it's super cold and I don't, I don't have any real friends. So it was like a combination of all that stuff that just like, like slowly placed me in like this, uh, like anxious prison almost from like third grade all the way until like I graduated high school. And like mm -hmm. at the end of that, like while I was graduating, I still didn't necessarily know what was going on, but it was just like, 
I had like started to understand some things. Like I had started to understand like, oh, okay, Mark, cause you did this, you know, you didn't actually, you know, try out for the basketball team because you wanted to, you let your anxiety get to you or like this girl or like this person. So like when I graduated, that's like when I, when these different things started clicking and like by the time I went off to college, that's like where I started to understand patterns of like, you know what? Hey, Mark, you can change, you know, you can change what you wear. You can change your clothes. You can change your hair. You can change, um, you know, your job. But like until you change your mind, the same exact thing will keep on happening over and over again. And there was a, a, a wide variety of events that led me down that road. But like that was kind of like the setup for the yeah. environment that created me. That being That being said, would you say that, we are in control of who we are. We create ourselves. Yeah. And like the reason is, is I've really been thinking about this a lot. And, um, you know, I think some people believe in like God, some people believe in like the universe, like their higher self, what, whatever that higher power is. And, you know, I, I really fundamentally believe that, you know, God or like the higher, the higher version of Mark made those things happen when I was younger, because that was a time where, you know, for me, like looking back at it now, like why I had that anxiety is because I wasn't okay with other people actually knowing who I was. Cause like, I kind of had like, I didn't look like anybody in the classroom. I didn't talk like anybody in the classroom. I didn't think about the same things as the classroom. And like, when I put myself through that, even though I, I don't think I was consciously aware, I think it was still some form of like a subconscious decision that I made to like through the process of those years to like systematically rip the part out of me that like that was made to be like everybody else. And like, I see so many people now that are just like trying to fit in. And, you know, as you know, any way to stick out in your career, like everyone's looking for different ways to differentiate themselves, to distinguish themselves. So like I had that part of me just like ripped out from, from like third grade all the way to high school. And it's fundamentally made me into the person of who I am today. And if that didn't happen, I, there's no way I'd be in the position that I am today. So like, I feel like on some subconscious level, like, Mark really did do that for me on purpose. Dude, that's so fascinating, man. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to go deep is like crazy, crazy deep, but like, just like on an adversity standpoint or adversity standpoint, like different like situations that we face. Like if I look back at my life, dude, like things that were like, shit, like, why the fuck am I going through this? <laughs> like, why is this happening? <laughs> or like social anxiety or not fitting in as a kid, like those things, again, they, they made me who I am today. And I would not know where I wouldn't be the person I am today at all. And I wouldn't be able to help yeah. the people that I'm helping today. So that being said, like how being, looking at old Mark and looking at this Mark, like how, yeah. how does that help you do what you're doing now? Cause you are helping people, dude. And like your content's incredible. And like the people you interview are incredible. So like knowing that and knowing you, like, how are you using that to help people? Yeah. So, you know, I want to say that, you know, you know, ultimately like my ultimate goal here, like on this planet, by the time I die, if I die <laughs> is to like eliminate and it's, it's, I know this is very bold, but it's to eliminate the internal enemy that we all have from within. Cause like what I realized is whether it was like my social anxiety or whatever issue, like whatever kind of stress, all of those things are happening in your body for a reason. 
it might not be a great reason, but you know, one of the most powerful concepts that I learned is that, you know, your brain does not necessarily want you to be happy. Your brain is made to, to keep you to survive to the next day. And if that means jacking up like your cortisol hormones and your stress hormones, then it'll do that. And like we're living in an age where people are looking at the world through the lens of that with no context of the actual world. Like if we rewind 75, 100 years ago, the entire world was like at war. Like there were tens of millions of people dying in the streets. If you rewind even before that, it was even worse. Like, you know, maybe not to that same extremity of, you know, governments launching nukes at other civilian cities or anything like that. But it's just like the story of humanity is not like this amazing, like beautiful peach and rosy story. Like it's a story of mass murder, disease, famine, all these different things. So it's like, for me, a big part of it was um, like, I fell prey into like that kind of ideology. I don't know if I'm communicating it properly, but just like the ideology of like, you know, we're supposed to be happy all the time. Um, we're supposed to be like positive hundred percent all the time. And the matter of the fact is nobody, nobody is that way at all. So like that, my goal is to help kind of take like these biological and these chemical structures that we've evolved through millions of years over time and disrupt them. Right. Like if you look across every single industry, um, like we're changing the way that reality itself is being unfolded, like an airplane, a spaceship that can go up and leave the earth. It's crazy stuff. So I think the next frontier of that is the human mind with things like depression, anxiety. I don't even know if removing those things is the best solution, but that's really like what I'm hell bent on doing. And like, I think I, I can accomplish that in a variety of different ways. I think there's the super practical micro way of like, you know, like smiling to the person at Starbucks, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and having a conversation with like a real individual person. And then also like starting my podcast, which has been listened to, you know, over a million times by people. So like, for me, it's like the micro, like what I'm doing today. And then there's also the long term, And that long term is, you know, for one of them, um, it's at the end of 2016, I started this business called view dream that started off as something totally different than, than what it is today. But really the, the end goal of that is to start developing virtual reality software. And for those of you that don't know, virtual reality is you basically put these goggles on and it creates this 3d virtual immersive environment where like everywhere you look, it's as if you're looking through like this virtual lens in this virtual world. A lot of people see this. A lot of people understand like the, you know, like the gimmicky, like the video game side of this. And I think that's cool. But there's also another side that nobody's really talking about. And it's the side that, um, you know, Walmart, one of the biggest employers in the country, has virtual reality headset training centers in the back of all of mostly all of their stores because they're using VR to train their employees because it's more efficient. The military is using it to treat veterans that have PTSD. And like everywhere you look, VR is being used to not just mental health, but to really tackle 
a bunch of different issues that we don't necessarily have solutions for. Like, what do you do with somebody that has PTSD? You give them like opiates, like that's that's one solution. Another solution is like have them go to like a psychotherapist. The VR is just another caveat of, or another avenue of that. So like with that, with my business, that's that's the end goal. And like to go like to another deeper level on this, I don't really talk about this that often, but I'm in the middle of uh, forming an organization with me and some other people called uh, Metamorphos. Okay. So the root of it, metamorphosis, meaning like how a caterpillar uh, eventually becomes a cocoon and then it transforms into a butterfly. That's the main premise and behind it. And the main premise of that is to far out in the future, build a mixed reality brain interface to be able to get a hold of the different cognitive, the hundreds and if not thousands of cognitive biases that like actually create how we perceive and conduct ourselves in this world from our brain. Like for example, you know, we have a negativity bias. So if you hear a hundred people complimenting you, but you hear one person that gives you, uh, you know, some, some critique, like your brain for the rest of that day will like constantly replay that critique, even though you have a hundred different compliments. And like, just by like really digging into the sort of mental health sector, like it, it it's mind blowing. Like it, it's actually been found that, um, you know, the, the data that your brain needs to generate like your literal eyesight, only 10% of it comes from your actual eyes. The rest of it comes from like the narrative structure from like your memories, your fears, your insecurities, different archetypes that you see in the world, like heroes versus villains, all this different stuff actually creates your vision. And like, just just as an example, like I, I literally remember when I was a young kid when I was like in high school, like I literally remember, like I used to see the world in a different place. Like I used to like literally see the world like in a dark and white place. Like people's faces look different. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but like ever since I kind of like started to make different changes in my life and I started to like go on this conquest of myself within like six months later, like, I don't know if I was tripping balls or what, but like literally (laughs) I, I, it's me and my friend, I go outside And like all of a sudden I just like look up and like the world looks like such like this beautiful, vibrant, colorful face. I look around, I'm in Boston, people's faces are like smiling. And like, that was a time where I had like done a bunch of different things, like eating healthy, meditating, like surrounding myself with good people. So like, I literally saw that visual shift in my reality change. And like, that's what set me on going into like the research of like telling you what I just told you. And this has happened with a bunch of other people. They found that, um, people that are more depressed, uh, like the, the up the the intakers on their serotonin receptors of their brain are are decreased and that literally changes your eyesight. So there's like so many different things that our brain does to like trick us to put us in these different positions so we can survive, right? Like that's why we went to the, into these different states of anxiety or fear. Like these things are happening for a reason. You may not understand them, but they're happening for a reason. But here's the thing. We don't necessarily live in this world anymore where like the same old archetypal software needs to run in the modern world, right? Because like, believe it or not, like you're probably not going to get ambushed by a bunch of like lions and tigers. Like there, there, there's very little uh, space where like you need to actually activate 
like these survival instincts. Like we've just gone in a completely different stage of humanity, completely different. Mm. And like, if we, if you want to talk about things like virtual reality and augmented reality, I think these things are going to change an artificial intelligence, the, the very condition in which the human species exists and just how we live our, our lives on a day-to-day basis. So like through a combination of like just what what can I do today with like the people that I interact with, with my friends, with my family to just like help out these individuals and in doing so that helps my like mental health out too. having a daily podcast, running my business, running this uh, this organization that's like way far out in the future. That's sort of like my end goal. And that's how I think I'm going to do it. And I'm not romantic about like, oh, we have to create like this specific brain interface. Like to be 100% frank with you, I have no idea how this is going to work. Like we don't have the technology today to make it happen, but it's being done today. So like that's why I don't want to like finalize anything because all these different um, like industries and these different pieces are changing all the time. And we can go more into that if you'd like, but it's just like, that's sort of like my end goal in life. And that's what I think I'm going to do. Dude, that's such incredible. a tangent. I don't even know what your question was. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's, that's incredible, dude. And like, just to go a little bit deeper in something you said, like people get so like, people lock themselves into like, this is my idea. I need to do this. This is, this is my mm. book topic. I need to stick with this. And I love that you're open to the fact that anything can happen, that innovation is constantly happening. Things are constantly changing. Um, Cause again, yeah. dude, like, AI, like IoT, like AR, VR, like all these things that literally most people don't even understand or don't even know exist are there and it's going to impact everything and change everything. So I love, 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 love that you think like that and you, you just, you're incredible. <laughs> you are. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons Thanks. that that I was originally like drawn to like everything you do was the VR piece was the AR piece and just how you think about yeah. like AI, um, like what got you into that? Like what got you into tech? Yeah. Yeah. So like, so like when I, so, so when I was growing up, um, you know, we talked about my different social anxiety. So like as a coping mechanism for that, as like a defense mechanism, you know, like I didn't, I didn't go home and just like sit down by myself. Like I got on the, the internet when I was pretty young. So like, I remember at ages like 11, 12, I would like be taking online courses, like watching different YouTube videos. And like, this is a time where like, I'm sure, you know, like people were not doing that. Like I remember telling people about this and it was like, wait, you can learn stuff on the internet. Like it was just like such a different thing. So like I started to learn how to like very early on, like code websites, code, like iPhone apps and that stuff was all first coming out. Um, so like I was always very like pretty info tech centric, um, not necessarily like a developer, like I'm not a developer now. I don't do that. Cause I've learned that like, kind of like what, what you said a little bit before is like, I, people were telling me like, Oh dude, you're so good at like coding. Like you're so good at computer science or whatever that is. And like, I was, that was like my one like praise that I got from people. So like when I got to college, I ended up majoring in computer science and I didn't, I realized like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to code and develop apps and stuff. Like I want to be like creating, I want to be like thinking about things abstractly, different things like that. Um, but yeah, so like I I got into it. So like I, I had always had that understanding and I really got into like VR and AR and all that stuff out of like coming from, so like when I went to college for like that first year, 
it was like the first time where I hit like a serious uh, depression in my life. So like mm-hmm. 2000, 2016, um, I hit like a serious depression. And like up to that point, I was sort of depressed, but it was kind of like mostly anxiety. But when I went off to college, it was like real depression. And uh, I basically ended up gaining like a bunch of weight. I was over like 200 pounds. So like a big part of me coming out of that and a part of me kind of like getting more into this tech stuff was the concept of creating a compelling future for myself to look forward to, to have hope to believe in. And part of like somebody who got me onto that was Jason Silva. Um, Cause like I saw his videos online. And for those of you that don't know, he's this amazing filmmaker on like national discovery show. He does a bunch of other stuff and like he forms like these short messages of different like uh realizations that he has in his own brain and the way that he edits the videos is as if like you're having them too so i like literally went on like this while i was in like the, the middle of like my depression just like went on this spree of like watching all of his videos and like through doing that that started to build my own like future life of wait what so what do i want to do in life so that's part of how i got out of that and then like the other side of that is like, okay, what's going on in like the next five, 10, 15 years that like I can get into now. So like in that time, like I can be one of the top leaders in that industry, like a decade, two decades down the road. Um, so like, I just, I just started doing a bunch of research about a lot of things you mentioned, like artificial intelligence, IOT. And like, I just, like one of the things that spoke to me was virtual reality. So like I mentioned a little bit about this before, but I had always knew of it from like the video game standpoint. Like I had seen it at uh, like different like shopping malls and like the Microsoft store had it on demo. So like I knew of it, I had tried it once or twice, but like the moment that I realized that virtual and augmented mixed reality, like that whole cluster is going to just like I said before, treat veterans with PTSD, help billion dollar corporations train employees. Um, you know, I know Boston's Children's Hospital is using it to uh, like treat pain victims because they've realized that VR is a more effective painkiller than morphine. So like all these different things and like also coming to the terms that, you know, everyone everyone in their lives like is looking down on their phone all day, every day. And like we're building all of the infrastructure of like the digital world on that phone. And like the moment that you understand what virtual reality and augmented reality are is the moment that you understand and whatever time frame, all of this stuff is going to become this it's going to become real life. And so like the, the real estate, the infrastructure, the foundations of that world of like that digital mixed world, whatever you want to call it, it's all going to be one thing. Um, we're not going to refer to it as virtual mixed reality. Like we're just gonna be like, Oh yeah, this is just, this is just life. Like, you know, Quentin is like right here or, you know, like you and I would be doing this interview, in whatever, like at the top of the Eiffel Tower, like doing, you know, God knows what. And like, we're not going to think about it in like this virtual metaverse. Like this is just going to be real life. And like, we're going to be able to transition from real life to virtual, just completely, completely on like a seamless note. And like, once you consider that and you combine that with like artificial intelligence and like the way that jobs and careers and companies are structured now, it's going to fundamentally change everything, everything like the very nature of what we do in a moment to moment basis is going to fundamentally shift. Agreed. 1000% everything you said, like retweet. Um, 
Jason Silver, <laughs> another one, like got me into technology and really got me into like, okay, what is what is a future and like, what do I want the future to be? Um, and VR for sure, like that was my that was my mm. first startup as well in the education space. And like, dude, just what's possible and what's out there? Like, I had no idea. I had no idea until I was actually in that space. And I think a lot of people are like that. They just treat social media like it's social. They treat video games like it's just video mm. games. They treat technology like it's just technology, even though it's an extension, it's a tool. Um, it's just what's possible is incredible. What's going to be possible is incredible, dude. So what do you what do you want? Yeah. I know that's a weird question, but what do you want the future to be? Not so much what is it going to be, but what do you want it to be outside of like taking down those barriers and um, biases? Yeah, so... <sighs> Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, like just a, like a a short answer for what I want is like, I just want like humans, individuals to be able to express themselves without any boundaries or limits. So like, for example, if you and I were alive 50 years ago, there's no way we would be able to do what we would do for like, we would just live in separate countries. Uh, Even if we were in the U.S., we would not (laughs) have any sort of the freedom or anything along the lines of what we have today. And like, once you think about that and like you think about, okay, so Q, a talented individual is actually now able to express himself because of the, the time, the technology that we have available to us. That's crazy. So it's like, imagine like how many like three-year-olds that are in like impoverished India in the slums are like, you know, Michael Jordans of like whatever it is that their thing is. So like, I think what I want it to be, and I think what it will happen is we're just going to keep on accelerating to the point where there's going to be no such thing as any possible limitations, boundaries. Now I'll, I'll tell you, this is like, you know, I think what's happening right now is, um, I think what's happening right now is like, you know, since we have these phones, since we have different information technologies, like we're actually able to take like a bird's eye view of like what's actually going on in humanity. Um, like an example of this is, you know, like I, we hear about like all of these like horrible mass shootings and they're awful. And like, I, I, yeah, I obviously don't miss that on the world. And that's a problem that, you know, we're going to have to solve, but it's like this, man, like if you rewind 75 years ago, like soldiers that were hired from the government were doing that like on an individual basis and not even because they were evil people, but because they were being manipulated by like the entire culture because like they were all sort of like in that tribe uh, gatherer mentality. And like, if you look at technology and how it's bringing things to truth, to transparency, to awareness, all that stuff, man, is going to be cracked wide open. A great example of this is like, just so people can get like really understand, like, or at least my thesis on this is, you know, look back at like the beginning of this decade in 2000, um, the United States had just like invaded, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, like all that Middle East, Middle East stuff was going on. And like, I remember when I was growing up at that time, nobody like really got it. We were like, wait, okay. So nine 11 happens wait, so why is the US in this country? And like, it was just a complete confusion. And like, if you talk to people today, people will largely tell you that that was a failure by our government. Like our government went into Iraq, they screwed things up. uh, They opened up like torture prisons. They opened up, um, they used um, like plutonium weapons and 
up to now, I think, you know, some gener- some different cities in Iraq, um, like they have, like, they have like birth defects for generations just because of those kinds of chemicals. So like you look at all that stuff happening. Also, what started to come out in 2000, uh, basically the mainstream internet, everyone started to get at a smartphone. So like people were actually starting to become aware of this stuff. And I don't know about you, but I don't see any country like invading the way that it used to work out before, like Germany invades Europe, like that stuff is not happening anymore. There's different proxy wars and and different institutions have had to change how they conduct their business because we, everyone has knowledge at at their fingertips now. And it's like, okay, so if, if Trump or whoever it is wants to go invade Iran, you know, anybody that's living in Iran, like I can Skype with them and I can realize, oh my God, this is actually just like a real person exactly like me. So like, I think that's what's happening. Um, like if you look on the news, like there's all this different information about like, um, like these horrible things, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein, like molesting a bunch of girls and all that stuff. And it's like, dude, all that stuff has been going on for the longest time, if not worse, but now we're just becoming aware of it. So like now until forever, we're like transitioning in this period where the unknown is becoming known. And for some people that confuses them, for some people that scares them, when like the reality is, is if you actually look at the data, things have never been better. And I think technology will eventually get us to like this curvature point where like we've largely solved a lot of the problems that we have today. I think there's always going to be problems, but I think kind of like technology is going to be like this shot in which we just kind of like aim for the highest attainable good. And ultimately, I don't think people will adopt the technology if it doesn't like help them out, like if it's not good for them. You know what I mean? I think that's how things actually become mainstream. And as time and time goes on, like, you know, by the time we're in like the year 2040, I think human beings are going to be like totally different. Like in the same way that we look at like neanderthals and these people like we'll be looking back at ourselves in that same way I agree. and like j- just a, just a note on that is like a lot of people when they hear this conversation they hear like artificial intelligence like brain augmentation mixed reality like they're like dude what are these like you know futuristic robots talking about and it's like he- here's the reality i guarantee you when people are looking back at today in 2018 they're gonna be like dude those people were crazy bro how are they living dude how are they getting by when they didn't have an artificial intelligent implant telling them what to do like you know what i mean like it's gonna be that same logic in the same way that we look at you know people before airplanes and people before Mm -hmm. like they took showers every day and i think it's gonna be you know that similar trajectory i agree do you think people should do you think humanity has a reason to fear ai yeah. And I, you know, I think we have a reason to like fear everything. Like I ha- I think we have a reason to like, okay. So like a, a good case of this is like, okay, let's look where technology went wrong. Yep. Basically world war two. Yep. Right. So like it was at the point where technology was being developed to the point where like they had enough to create like chemical weapons and nuclear bombs and TVs and newspapers in order to like, uh, create propaganda to like surround the local, but like now it's just sort of like evolved to where it's like, like the problem solved itself now. Right. Uh, and I think the same way will happen. So like, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have the intelligence to be able to say like where artificial intelligence is going. And 
like honestly, I just think it's like AI is one of those technologies where it's a bunch of different technologies yeah. together. And I don't think a lot of people understand it. And it's like right now AI is being used at like the major, major gigantic corporations that actually understand this future sense to streamline their processes, to make things faster, to be able to uh, make more of their job positions obsolete so they can hire better people for jobs that the processing cannot currently do. So I think that's currently what it's used for and different like um, mobile applications. Like for example... Uh, I interviewed this guy on my podcast, uh, Naveen Jain. His company basically is Viome, and it's like this healthcare company that's going to like disrupt chronic illness. I've done it before. It's totally changed my life. I highly recommend everybody to do it. And the way that it works is, you know, he had the uh, like the head of IBM's artificial intelligence come and work for them. So like that uses artificial intelligence to like. L- with a combination of some other technologies to like track all the different bacteria and all the different RNA microbes in my gut and in my body to like make sense of this thing to then translate and tell me anytime on my phone. So like, that's what I think the role that AI has. Um, do people, can people fear it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like ultimately I think whatever happens is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I think the worst case scenario of AI that I'm thinking about is like, you know, what happens when, you know, like, uh, like some kind of like a cyber terrorist. Um, cause I think the way it'll happen is like, you know, the, as any technology militaries and very big corporations that have the money and research are able to come up with this stuff. And I think like the worst case scenario is maybe like a terrorist somehow like hacks into the system and like, uh, takes over or like understands the artificial intelligence technology. And then they make like, you know, drones or whatever it is that can like kill people. They're like the size of nanobots. So it's like, I think it's like a combination of that, but ultimately like this is the big point that I want to draw out here. And this is why I talked about this. So on my talk with uh, Naveen James, he basically told me is, why do people do bad things? Why, why are there terrorists out there in the world? Why do people go up and shoot schools and theaters? A big part of it, not all of it, they, don't, they think that today will be no better than the day that has come before. They're not aiming for a future cause. And a lot of people that do these bad things, they are in positions where they have a lot of pressure. It could be some kind of family. It could be like, yo, bro, you happen to be born in Syria. And hey, guess what? Um, you know, a US drone strike killed your entire family, your loving family. And hey, guess what? You know, Al Qaeda and ISIS is now taking recruitments to like fight against the big bad Americans. So like, That's part of it. But imagine if that stuff didn't happen. Imagine if people had enough resources um, like water and food and uh, education and relationships to not have themselves put in that situation. And what's actually happening with all these different exponential technologies like artificial intelligence is they are democratizing everything. So it's kind of like this. And maybe you can understand it by this point. When you're in like a football stadium, you don't like slap the person next to you and say like, dude, stop breathing. You're taking my oxygen. And the reason is, is 
oxygen is in such abundance to the point where we don't even need to fight over anymore. Now, exponential technologies is getting to that point where that same resource that we need to evolve is going to happen in the same way that we have such access to oxygen, but with every single other thing. So like if we're living in a world where Let's say, for example, the world's poorest person can have access to healthcare that is better than the richest person can afford today through like a Viome app on their smartphone or their AR glasses. Like, just imagine what kind of world we're going to be living in where people don't really need to rely on fear and all the, like these different. Uh, survival and primitive resources. Cause like we as humans, like I said, like we're governed by our brains, but we're also governed by the concept of scarcity mm-hmm. and resources and how different things can run out. Like, I think that is, is like on our primitive survival basis. I think that is the root of all problems. Like, Hey, you guys are taking our jobs or, Hey, you guys are taking this. And it's like, once we democratize all those different resources and like and like what i'm talking is not just some mumbo jumbo if you look at different organizations like xprize um peter diamandis naveen jain uh like elon musk richard branson like all these people are actually working on making this stuff possible so it's like that's gonna fundamentally change our human condition so it's like i i love the question that you asked but i i really do believe that like the questions that we are asking today are just going to be on a different scale than our current existence is like when we do get to that stage, if that makes any sense no, whatsoever. Dude. But I, I think that hopefully that answers. Yeah. I <laughs> dude, I appreciate the insight. Lastly, like what makes you misfit? What about you goes against the grain? Yeah. So I think that about me, what goes the grain is, um, Honestly, I think, you know, like there's that quote where it's like, you know, in a world where everyone wants to blend in and become sheep, liking yourself and being yourself is a rebellious act. Um, I remember that like throughout my entire life, like when I did have that anxiety, I was always just like trying to fit in. I was always just hoping nobody would distinguish me. Hopefully nobody would, um, you know, call me out. But it's like, as I get older and like the the most misfit thing that I could possibly do is to like forgive myself, love myself, like myself. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time, but it's like if we can put good values, good things into society and using like social media and making those mainstream, like I think that's the greatest thing that we can do. Like whenever I go and I talk, like at these speaking things, especially in, with people that aren't in our world, social media and technology is always talked about in a negative aspect. And it's just like, guys, where your attention goes is where your energy will flow. And like talking about these narratives is not the greatest thing. So like, I think I'm a misfit in that perspective too. And I just think it's all about like using double edged swords to like best help us. And I just don't think people are talking a lot about that. So I don't even know if I answered that, but I think that's how I'm a misfit. <laughs> that's fantastic. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. Lastly, like where where should people follow you? Where should people check you out? Yeah. Um, if you're listening to podcasts, definitely check out my podcast. Just search humans 2.0. Look up my name, Google, Mark Metry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y. I'm everywhere. Very accessible. Reach he out to me. Tell me you came from Quentin. <laughs> literally everywhere, bro. Awesome. But yeah, this is amazing, Quentin, dude. Yeah, I appreciate you, dude. Thank you again for coming on.
Super awesome interviewing Mark for this episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Feel free to check out our other content around me or all the info below for him in the description below. Peace.